the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Well, welcome back. Tuesday, February 13th, 2024. I am Seth Liebson. I see Mr. David Dahl in front of me. But for reinforcements, we are delighted to have with us Hugh Hallman as well for uh, parts of this hour. And then he'll be coming back for the third hour with his son. The follow-up from the defenders of Joe Biden to the special counsel's report is that Robert Hur, the special counsel, A, is a Republican, and B, is not a medical doctor, who had no business writing such things as Joe Biden is a man of quote-unquote diminished faculties and faulty memory. Indeed, we have in the past 72 hours seen Karen Jean-Pierre say just that. We have seen Kamala Harris say of the report that, quote, it couldn't be more wrong and was clearly politically motivated and gratuitous. We should have expected a higher level of integrity from the report, close quote. We have seen Biden's co-workers stampede, stampede to the microphones to say things like he's sharp, he's focused, he's bright. The word sharp is in everyone's talking points from Congressman to Secretary Mayorkas to Kamala Harris to everyone who's been dispatched to defend him. Kamala Harris speaks of Joe Biden from the expertise of being in every meeting with him per her testimony and how he is, quote, on top of it all, coordinating everything, close quote. This prompted John Stewart to watch all these interviews and ask, well, can we see any film anywhere from anyone showing us some of that, Joe Biden? The question answers itself because we cannot and we cannot because there is no such film and there is no such film because no film would show that and no film would show that because Joe Biden is not that and cannot do or be that. When Joe Biden is in his natural or even amped up state, pick your rhetorical ride, he does things like we saw Thursday night. In an effort to calm concerns over his lapses of cognition, he confused the president of Egypt with the president of Mexico in an answer regarding a war involving neither country. These defenders of Joe Biden simply are lying, and they know that they are. They just do so for what they consider the greater good of saving the political moment for their political movement. Just as Hillary Clinton knew there was nothing of the Russian collusion story, her campaign had, after all, paid for it to be written— just as any sentient member of the press knew that 51 intelligence officials were being used as dupes and that, of course, Hunter Biden's laptop was Hunter Biden's laptop. Gerard Baker makes an interesting point in The Wall Street Journal to wit Joe Biden's protesting Thursday night that, quote, my memory is fine, close quote, will go down in history as I am not a crook. There is no Soviet domination of Eastern Europe, and I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. Let us dispense with a few things here in this four-part concert. First section, yes, of course Robert Hur is a Republican. That's how special counsels usually work for purposes of independence. A sitting attorney general finds someone of the opposite party with credibility and a reputation for fairness and appoints that person. So, back to the first bar of this sheet of music. Say what you want of Robert Hur. He was appointed to the task by Joe Biden's attorney general, Merrick Garland. Second part of this concert. 
Of course, Robert Herr was right to put in everything he did about Joe Biden's cognitive abilities because they were the reason Herr decided against recommending indictment. If you want the conclusion that Joe Biden is not indictable, as all the Biden family and supporters wanted, and whose conclusions they all celebrated and repeated, you have to accept the reasons and justifications for those conclusions. You can't indict someone without a fact pattern, and you can't exonerate someone without a fact pattern. Joe Biden's mental state is and was the fact pattern in pattern in both. Third, Merrick Garland, Joe Biden's own attorney general, had three choices in receiving this report from Robert Herr. A, concealing it from public view, which would have been totally legal. B, releasing it with expurgations. C, releasing it unexpurgated in toto with no redactions. He chose option C. If the Biden administration has a problem with that, they need to attack or go after the attorney general, not the rest of the public that took the report in its totality, the way the Biden administration just wanted us to take it in its segregated conclusions. The Biden administration needs, in other words, to execute something on the order of Richard Nixon's Saturday night massacre to get the uh, to um, obtain the result that they want, which they are, in fact, executing as we speak, but less formally. Finale. What Robert Herr wrote is not a stretch or a suspension of disbelief. Everyone knows what he wrote is true, and it is debasing for people to say or write things like it's no big deal to forget when you're the vice president, as one professor of neurology wrote in the New York Times. Or as David French wrote in the New York Times, that Donald Trump saying Nikki Haley when he meant Nancy Pelosi was in fact worse. I'm sorry, it just isn't. It's an effort to avoid the simple truth, which is that, while not young, Mr. Trump simply does not have the same detrimental cognitive abilities or deficits as Joe Biden. He just doesn't. And to try to say he does is transparently partisan, which takes us to the ongoing fermata here, that none of us are physicians who have the ability to adjudge Joe Biden's mental acuity. To be sure, and none of us are trained experts in terrorism who are repeatedly told that if we see something, we should say something, especially if it may be an attack on our country. And none of us are trained law enforcement officials, but we are told to call 911 if we see a crime or suspicious behavior. And none of us are medical doctors, but are usually thanked if we call emergency services when we notice someone uh, gasping their arm and grasping their chest as they fall to the floor. In other words, while we should be open-minded, we shouldn't be so open-minded that our brains fall out. What expertise and degrees, after all, did Art Buckwald or Mike Wallace or Dan Rather or Daniel Shore have in concluding Richard Nixon was lying? All of this, again, is not to make sport of or treat with levity any of this. It is of crucial seriousness. Mr. Holman. Well, thank you for letting me join you for a little bit. Uh, I've got to run off to a meeting and then I'll come back with uh, you and Lou. And I'm hoping to drag my eldest son, Eli, in at least to the studio to be a studio audience for us for once. But on this topic of your monologue, uh, given that you'd shared it with me earlier, I hoped you didn't mind that I would make a beeline down here to join you for just a bit. Because um, the material you cover is crucially important to the condition of our uh, republic at the moment. And I wanted to at least provide some additional thoughts from my position as as an attorney who uh, handles such things on occasion. And I start with the fact that Robert Herr was appointed, as you noted in your monologue, by Merrick Garland. 
Now he's being attacked as having been a partisan hack put up to somehow screw uh, Joe Biden. Let's start with the fact that he is under obligations under uh, Title 28 uh, and the Code of Federal Regulations that go with that um, say uh, in part that there is a special reports by the special counsel. So Robert Hur is appointed as a special counsel under these particular provisions. And one of the obligations he must fulfill says as follows, closing documentation. At the conclusion of the special counsel's work, he or she shall provide the attorney general with a confidential report explaining the prosecution or declination decisions reached by the special counsel. He had an affirmative obligation to explain why after he specifically found that Joe Biden had willfully acted, that is the standard he asserts is the uh, decision-making standard for this um, report, that Joe Biden willfully had confidential and top-secret documents in his home in Virginia, in his office in his home in Delaware, and in the archives at Penn uh, in the Biden collection, among other things. So he found this was the problem. He then had to explain why he had concluded in all three of those instances— the three instances of documents at his home in Virginia, documents at the home and offices in Delaware and at Penn. And what he did then was say, here's the reason, notwithstanding that there is evidence that this president, as a former vice president, as a private citizen, had these documents and that a jury might find that they would not convict. So he now had a job before him. In fact, Republicans might argue this guy bent over backwards to cut uh, Joe Biden off the hook while Donald Trump was being prosecuted for very similar things. In fact, he actually says the following in his report, quote, with one exception, there is no record of the Department of Justice prosecuting a former president or vice president for mishandling classified documents. And of course, the exception is Donald Trump. When we come back, I'm going to give you a little bit more about why I think we ought to be respectful of Robert Hur and turn our backs on those who would claim that he is a partisan hack. Yeah. At the end of the day, they can't have the conclusion without the reasons for the conclusion. They were happy to parade no indictment. They're not so happy as to why there is no indictment. That is correct. And it's important to understand that difference because what Robert Hur wrote makes sense. Even when I first read it, I thought, ah, this is a this is a, an attack that is partisan. And then I read the full report and went, this guy did a heck of a job for our republic. We'll be right back. Hugh Hallman is his name, so we get a double dose of him today. We are lucky and fortunate to have him here. Sir, you were talking about the Her Report and its antagonists. Well, let's give you a few examples of the Biden administration's great efforts to defend the president and call Mr. Her, uh, Robert Her, the special counsel investigating uh, Mr. Biden's handling of uh, top secret documents. Uh, their their defense is, for example, this is Bob Bauer on CBS's Face the Nation stating, quote, this is a report that went off the rails, a shabby work product, period, unquote. Then you've got uh, those saying that it's effectively a 
partisan hit job that potentially violated Justice Department uh, policy with uh, Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, the Homeland Security director, saying on NBC's Meet the Press, quote, the responsibility of a federal prosecutor is to investigate and learn the facts and apply the law to those facts. The special counsel did this in this case, made a conclusion that there is no case, case closed, then made gratuitous, unnecessary, and inaccurate personal remarks, and those are improper, period, unquote. This is exactly false and wrong. Uh, And so let me take it on straight up. First, you've got Robert Hur with an obligation to write uh, a special report that explains why he recommends prosecution or suggests that prosecution not be pursued called declination uh, and has to supply that to the attorney general, in this case, the Democrat who appointed him. And that's what Mr. Hur did. Then he is struck by the fact that he's got three major instances that he's got to deal with with President Biden having uh, handled improperly classified documents. They were that he stored them at his Virginia home. And why do they say that this occurred? Because while he is immediately out of the uh, vice president's office, he meets with a ghostwriter to write his uh, memoirs. Why does he want to do that? Because the report expresses that Mr. Biden has a keen sense of himself and his role in history, that he's playing a big role. And he wants to prove in this specific instance regarding Afghanistan, his memo to President Obama on Thanksgiving Day, expressing why Obama should not forward a surge of troops into Afghanistan, but does. Remember, John McCain was advocating for it. And Biden believes he's going to be uh, proved by history to have been correct. So he does this marvelous memo that he now has in his personal records, which is itself classified. He reads from that material. And in fact, he makes uh, with this ghostwriter recordings of their conversations. Now, when I first heard about the report, it made reference to the fact that he looked at the he listened to these recordings and pulled out from those recordings that the president seemed to have a sketchy memory. And I thought, "Ah, that's kind of a hit piece until I realized why he had to listen to the recordings, why Mr. Hur and his staff had to listen to the recordings to determine whether or not Joe Biden not only possessed top secret and classified information, but went a step further. He read material to the ghostwriters in both instances. He read classified material to people who could not legally hear it. And that itself was the third instance he had to investigate. The second being when Biden moved from Virginia back to Delaware, he moved the documents. And in the recording with his ghostwriter, he makes reference to the fact that he found all the classified material downstairs. So now they have proof that the president, when a private citizen after being vice president, knew he was handling classified material and worse, reading it to his ghostwriter so he could document how great he is. Material he was not entitled to have. That is correct. As a private citizen, he retained Material. Now, there is a defense that her goes into that I'm surprised that the Democrats haven't made big hay of, but I think I know why they haven't. And that is, well, gee, a prior president did this and they're not talking about Donald Trump. They're talking about President Reagan having his own personal diaries that included classified information that were retained at the ranch that he used in writing materials. 
But here's the major difference. Remember, there was a president named Obama who wanted to set standards by his pen and his phone, and he did so. Executive Order 13526 classified national security information issued on December 29th, 2009. This is the petard in which they're being hoisted that they now want to pretend doesn't exist. The reason, Mr. Herr, you covered President Biden's behind a little too much by making reference to President Reagan's misdeeds, you would say, is that the standards have changed. After President Reagan was president in 1988, when he left office in 1989, the rules have since changed. They changed in 94. They changed again in 2003, I believe. And then finally in 2009 with President Obama tightening the rules that ultimately are the basis under which the feds went after President Trump for keeping documents, as they like to call it, in his bathroom. The answer was he had this room that had been built out as a bathroom that is unutilized, unused as a bathroom, and that's where he happened to store these documents. And now the Democrats want to say how terrible that was and unsafe. Joe Biden retained classified documents in an unsecured garage much more easily accessed than the bathroom in the secure location that is Mar-a-Lago. And yet we have the belittling of Donald Trump for retaining materials. As this report says, every president has done. Joe Biden wasn't a president. He was a vice president, number one. Number two, he was retaining these documents so he could aggrandize himself in his own memoirs. And that's what's going on. So when you read this report... In its totality, it's a doozy. You come across all the kinds of commentary that Mr. Herr put in for the very specific purpose that having concluded that there was evidence that the president of the United States as vice as formerly a vice president and private citizen had retained documents willfully and knew that's what he was doing, which is ultimately only the highest standard. The proper standard in most of these instances would be gross negligence, that he did not care for this information at the level he would have cared for it were it his own. Were it, you know, information about misdeeds, how would he have protected it? And so the the investigator, the special counsel, having made that conclusion, goes on to say that now I've got to examine why a jury might forgive this. And that is exactly why he went into the instances of President Biden's failed memory to conclude that a jury likely would not convict because the guy would come off as a doddering old guy who didn't remember and likely as a result didn't knowingly and willfully retain and misuse these documents that he when he read from this material didn't willfully do so. Perhaps next week we can get into the things like why the uh, current administration is such a dither, because you got to know there's massive infighting going on in the in the cabinet over whether to pull the trigger on the 25th Amendment. Certainly the vice president is eager to get into the position so then she can run for president. And a whole lot of people who know she's not up for the job are arguing against that while trying to protect the president, making decisions they are not legally entitled to make doing so badly and are fearing they're going to get prosecuted for felons and perhaps treason for operating the White House levers of power on behalf of a doddering fool. Well done, Mr. Holman, and thank you. I'm just sitting here wondering how many elections Merrick Garland is going to affect. I am Seth Leibson. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. GrandCanyonPlanning.com is his website, and he brings us our culture and economy update. John, I understand you're fresh off the heels of a Gershwin concert. Oh, yes, we were. Yes, last night. Good times. uh, It was fun. We actually, uh, it was 100 years. Of Rhapsody in Blue. Many, I'm sure, have heard that song before. Uh, Yes, I am sure many have. A lot of airline (laughs) uh, passengers. Um, John, uh, I'm not sure what the bigger story is today. I think it's inflation and the inflation report. You want to walk us through what we learned there? Yeah, so uh, we were expecting in January, uh, you know, the Economist poll, they expected 2.9% of an increase uh, um, for inflation. But uh, even though it was down uh, it's a 3.1, it was still higher than what was expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, but month over month, it's still in, moving in the right direction, but not as fast as I believe is what many thought. Or the White uh, it would House be a, wanted, right? Yeah, and of course, uh, the Fed is trying to get to their target of 2%. Mm-hmm. And so that had an effect on the ten-year Treasury, which uh, jumped back up. Uh, you know, it's in that four-plus uh, range, mm-hmm. which uh, is still high for uh, what the market would would like to see. And uh, so we did see a pullback in the markets. And this is probably, I think, today was the worst uh, negative day for the markets uh, since March of twenty twenty-three. So uh, the markets have uh, really not had felt a negative day like this for almost a year down 1.2% yeah. 1.3% somewhere in mm-hmm. there on the on the Dow Jones yeah right but you know the market's been up so much yeah, Seth, right, uh, right. since November um, so we've gotten a tremendous amount of uh, volume and increase in uh, stock prices that this pullback is probably healthy for the market actually and 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 no doubt reversible uh, the yes. the inflation subheadline is kind of interesting to me um in that the uh, inflation cooling the in- inflation uh moving downward coming up uh, coming in above what wall street and i think what the white house had hoped for right. says it, the the subheadline is or the su- yeah the subheadline is that this is another sign that the fed's path to interest rates cuts is far from settled so we may still be looking at them driving rates again huh uh, yeah, I don't know if they'll actually raise rates okay. because I still think inflation is moving in the right direction, but yeah. it's just not moving as fast as what many would have hoped. Okay. So if anything, that just might be that it's going to be less, you know, a longer period of time, I should say, before the Fed will actually have give us a rate reduction. Okay. Uh, many had thought, you know, they would do something in March. I'm sure that now people are thinking it might be pushed out to maybe the second quarter of the year or even possibly in the third quarter of this year before you start to see the Fed move on their rate cuts. Okay. All right. So if you're the Fed, you're probably mm-hmm. thinking you're doing the right thing. If you're the White House, you're probably thinking, I wish today was a better day. That's what I'm. That's how I would assess it. Yeah, I think that that's a reasonable assessment, right? Because, uh, you know, the White House, any administration in office would want right. uh, to see inflation decreasing at as fast a pace as possible. Right. Uh, without putting us into some type of a deflationary uh, period of time, yeah. but uh, so trying to manage it in a uh, in a way that is going to be healthy for the overall economy. Yeah, and it, it, yes, right, and it is a rise uh, from the previous year, right? It is it, it is a, a slight uptick from the previous. Yeah, year. I mean, if you look at three, if you look 1%, at it that way, yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's still it's still an increase, right? Yeah. It's rising at three point one percent, and that's an annual rate. Uh, and they were expecting an annual rate of 2.9%. Mm-hmm. So year over year uh, from last 
you know, February to or January to this January, three point one percent. Are the earnings going to be of massive interest? Uh, I see a few are reporting Coca Cola, Lyft, and others. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and we saw Lyft today with, with you know beating all expectations huge, on their yeah. earnings report yeah. and a huge jump higher for that uh, stock, as we saw Uber reported last week. I think it was as well, uh, beating all their numbers, and that stock took a big, big uh, jump as well. So, as I mentioned earlier, uh, companies will figure out a way mm-hmm. to uh, be profitable. That's their goal, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So. Even in difficult economic times, uh, these larger companies find ways to become profitable. And as long as we continue to see uh, this type of uh, scenario where most companies are beating their earnings expectations and, you know, based on the guidance that they had given, uh, we're going to see the stock market still, you know, probably continuing to make some new highs throughout this year. Well, good. Thank you, Joe. There'll be a couple of hiccups, but that's normal. But. Generally speaking, as we've talked, right, most likely in uh, election years, uh, uh, any administration is trying to do whatever they can to to prop that stock market, you know, up to look good so that they have a a better chance of re-election. But uh, I think the consumers out there uh, see things a little bit differently, this uh, turnaround as far as what's going on uh, with the policies of the current administration. Thank you, John. You bet. Securities and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Henry and Tipican, an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Go to grandcanyonplanning.com, and you can request an appointment with me right there. Thanks, Seth. Thanks, John. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studios, sponsored by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Our phone number is 602-508-0960. I wanted to say one more thing, if I can. We're going to cover a lot, including Tony Bobulinski today on the Hill. Oh, my gosh. Uh, goodness. Um, with regard to... Um, the faulty memory and diminished faculties of Joe Biden as sketched out and outlined in the special counsel's report. It's important to remember the consequences of all these things. I spent some time on this yesterday, but that was before we saw the first instance of them having a consequence on the foreign stage. Yesterday, the king and queen of Jordan, only one of whom is Palestinian, and it isn't the king, by the way, in a country which is 75% Palestinian, they stood next to President Biden and blasted away at American foreign policy and Israel. And President Biden either couldn't understand it or couldn't refute it. From a leader of no legitimacy in a country that truly is a colony, with a record of human rights violations that gives him no business to lecture Israel or the United States, or for that matter, hardly any other country on the face of the earth. Here's Amnesty International on Jordan, for example. Quote, the authorities continued to restrict freedom of assembly, expression, and association for journalists, political activists, and workers through arbitrary detention and the use of repressive laws. Human rights defenders and journalists were targeted with surveillance, close quote. If you want more from Amnesty International, go to their write-up of the practice of honor killings in Jordan. Now, of course, the issue of the King of Jordan delivering such an amped-up Jeremiah about U.S. foreign policy in Israel is not that Joe Biden 
could not and did not muster a response. It is rather like Syria in 2013 crossing Barack Obama's threat of a red line if they used chemical weapons. It's not that Syria crossed the red line, deployed those chemical weapons, and Barack Obama did nothing. It's that Syria knew it could cross that red line, and Barack Obama would do nothing. Just as the King of Jordan, a minority ruler who presides over a Palestinian population that did not, did not and does not elect him, and who serves by right of nothing more than blood lineage from Saudi Arabia, just as he, that king, knew he could say anything he wanted in front of Joe Biden on a stage Joe Biden handed to him. And this will go on. From a president who lectures us that democracy is at risk, he has put himself in a position and maintains a position where anyone can put him and thus our country at risk. A, because he is unaware of what is going on, and B, in his moments of lucidity, he can't muster up enough lucidity or energy to do anything about it. That's the concert we are watching that I was describing in my monologue. And uh, I don't know how to complete the, um, the metaphor here, but the lead trumpet is weak and is truly a sad trombone. It is neither on the right clef nor can it play the right notes while it sits in a position whose job it is to lead everyone else in the orchestra. And that's what you have with Joe Biden. All right. It's going to get worse for this president. Kind of like with Richard Nixon, things got worse and worse. You remember when he said, it's important that the American people know that I am not a crook. Um, That was not about Watergate. That was about a separate investigation into his taxes. But it all became part and parcel of the general, um, shall we say, uh, gloss or narrative around Richard Nixon when the gates started closing in. And when you play those kinds of games for leadership, uh, the maintenance of leadership, whether you're Richard Nixon or whether you're Joe Biden or whether you're Bill Clinton, those gates have a tendency to close in. Now, the interesting thing about Nixon that is worth pointing out and I hope is not overly defensive, is that while there is a lot of negative things to say about him, it is also, I think, imperative for the sake of history to note that when he was accused of covering Watergate crimes up, they were not to save his own bacon. They were to save the bacon of his subordinates. To this day, unless, David, you know if I'm wrong on this, I don't think I am. I've read almost every established Nixon biography up until about, I don't know, 10 years ago or so. So if there's new scholarship, let me know. But as far as I know, no one had ever shown or been able to prove that Richard Nixon knew about Watergate ahead of time, much less <clears throat> planned it. Is that still true to this day as far as we know? Yeah. yeah. At best, we have uh, John Mitchell. Right. That's about it. Right. Right. That he was, quote unquote, out of the loop. He learned about it, of course, after the fact, which is when he started covering up for his underlings. That was the big issue, too, and a big distinction missed by many with Bill Clinton when um, he was lying about uh, his relationship with Miss Lewinsky and dispatched his staff, his cabinet members, not to mention his wife, to go out and lie on his behalf. That was also in distinction to Nixon. Nixon was covering up for his employees Bill Clinton was suborning lies 
to save himself, which is what Joe Biden and his staff are now doing, too. So Tony Bobolinsky testifies today to the House Oversight Committee. And um, Tony Bobolinsky, for those who don't recall, was the partner of Hunter Biden's in a lot of his business deals. So here, before I get into what Tony Bobolinsky said, I just want to tell you how this world of Washington works. Here's the headline from the New Republic, which is the first hit you get on Tony Bobolinsky if you use the Google machine. Talk about analytics and algorithms. They give you the New Republic, a magazine no one subscribes to anymore is the lead story. Nonetheless, here's the headline. Republican star hunter witness Tony Bobolinsky has a very shady past. I don't need to read it. I don't want to read it. Um, most uh, confidential informants or informants in any uh, crime, any uh, scandal, any conspiracy uh, usually do have shady pasts. That having been said, if they want to disqualify him credibly, morally, ethically, or any other way because of his shady past, I'm going to tell you, It'd probably take a factor of 10 to get to the shady past of the person we're talking about, in fact, which is Hunter Biden. Does anyone have a shadier past than Hunter Biden? Oh, I'm sure there are people that have shadier pasts than Hunter Biden. But along the lines of this, it would be awfully hard to find one. I'm Seth Liebson, 602 We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi. They have a heck of an investment opportunity for you in a secure and collateralized portfolio where there are absolutely no fees. You can have peace of mind. There is no attack on principle. If you ever need your money back, you get a monthly statement with no surprises, and you are in control whereby you can turn your income on or off or compound it, whatever you like. And best of all, you can earn up to a ten and a quarter percent fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Federal Reserve. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at eight 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 Y Refi twenty four. As I was saying in the previous segment, Tony Bobolinsky, uh, Hunter Biden's business partner, testified on Capitol Hill today to the House Oversight Committee. I want to read to you some of his testimony. I want to be crystal clear. From my direct personal experience and what I have subsequently come to learn, it is clear to me that Joe Biden was the brand being sold by the Biden family. His family's foreign influence peddling operation from China to Ukraine and elsewhere sold out to foreign actors who were seeking to gain influence and access to Joe Biden and the United States government. Joe Biden was more than a participant in and beneficiary of his family's business. He was an enabler, despite being buffered by a complex scheme to maintain plausible deniability. The only reason any of these international business transactions took place, with tens of millions of dollars flowing directly to the Biden family, was because Joe Biden was in high office. The Biden family business was Joe Biden, period. Other key players have made this point clear as well. Hunter Biden himself has adamantly stated in a variety of communications, as did another Biden family business associate, Devon Archer, in his testimony last year. Foreign nationals on the other side of these transactions, including from China, Ukraine and Romania, have also explained how and why these transactions took place. Once again, I would call the evidence 
extensive. The Chinese Communist Party, through its surrogate China Energy Company Limited, or CEFC, linked Chinese energy conglomerate, successfully, successfully sought to infiltrate and compromise Joe Biden and the Obama White House. Think about, folks, what those words mean. A CCP, a Chinese Communist Party conglomerate, successfully sought, didn't just seek, it successfully sought to infiltrate and compromise Joe Biden and the Obama Biden White House. Will the media care about this as much as they cared about Richard Nixon? We're about to find out. I'm Seth Leibson. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 